Nate preached a time or two. It was kind of odd. Come up, go into church and Nate, our, our worship leader, he's the preacher that day. I what? didn't know that. And thank yeah. you for telling me. You're welcome. <laughs> now you know. Oh, Nate. Guess who's preaching December 27th? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Matt and Kevin Talk Church, two pastors, two old friends from two different denominations on two different coasts, talking about faith, culture, the Bible, and the ins and outs of church ministry. I'm Kevin Sheehan, Associate Pastor of Reformed Presbyterian Church in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. And I'm Matt Curtis, Pastor of Decision Life Church in Wairika, California. Welcome to the podcast. We're recording this on Monday, December 7th, and today we'd like to talk to you some just about navigating just the busyness and craziness of the holiday season and the best ways to keep our celebration of Christ and his incarnation from being crowded out uh, from all of the busyness we've been facing. And today uh, we have a special guest uh, on the show, uh, Rob Gerdner. He's a member of my church. In fact, he's one of the people responsible for hiring me. And so if you're looking oh. for someone to blame, so it's his fault. Um, yeah, it was me. Yeah. Rob, Rob would be on. In fact, he was the first sort of email that was like, Hey, we're kind of interested in you. And so this is true. Uh, that was a couple years ago now. And yeah, almost three. Yeah. It's weird. Anyway, um, I don't care what everybody else says. I'm glad you're here. Thanks. Well, somebody is. And so uh, we have uh, invited Rob to come on and offer some of his insights. That's so because uh, we are completely incompetent answering yeah, right. this, we these need questions. Some help. So we, and we, so we sent so, out a lifeline. And so, Rob, why don't you just tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about you? Sure. The listener or two that we have out there, uh, I'm Rob Gardner. Um, I live in Grenada, California, which is about nine miles uh, south of Wairika, where Matt lives, a member of Decision Life Church. 31 years old now. That hurts to say. Uh, been married <laughs> for seven years. My wife, Cicely. We have two daughters, uh, Abby. She's going on five and Emmy's about eight months. And uh, I'm a fourth generation funeral director. We run the mortuary here in town and uh, that keeps me plenty busy. And uh, you actually caught me on a very rare vacation day. So it's good yeah. to be here. And he's also like my regular lunch companion. We have a monthly right. sort of, yeah. Yeah. And it's December now. So if any restaurants will take us, but I don't think they will. Yeah, I think the roadhouse maybe have that tent and the warmers out there, but I don't know. This is true. We'll get we'll takeout and bring it to the office anyway. That's right. Yeah. As long as it's your office, not mine. Fair enough. Cause yeah, we wouldn't want to eat there anyway. Yep. Uh, We're here today. I'm talking about just balancing different obligations. And of course, a tension point uh, for a lot of people during the holidays, especially if they have uh, both sides of their family, like say you're married and you've got uh, your parents live in town, but also your in-laws also live in town. That can just cause some difficulty and tension in navigating that. Uh, so, so, Rob, what, what's navigating uh, that been like for you? Uh, in a word, chaos. Okay. And obviously still learning uh, the navigation there. Uh, my wife's family, she's, her family's been here about as long as mine uh, since the 30s. There's lots that goes on uh, within the family. I think last year we did one, two, three, four, four houses Christmas Eve. One, two, three, four, five houses Christmas Day. And then maybe another one or two the day after Christmas. Uh, maybe another one a couple days before Christmas. It is just a constant litany of going from place to place to place. And I'm always exhausted. 
That sounds exhausted. I'm exhausted just listening. To that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and and for those of you that, that know Siskiyou County, it, everything's not just right around the corner. Uh, where yeah. my wife's from in Gazelle, uh, her family's ranch. It's a solid half hour away, and then the, you know to go to the next place is about 45 minutes away. Um, and there's that constant worry that if you don't hit every house, somebody's going to be offended. Somebody's yeah. going to be upset right. and then you're never going to live it down. Yeah. So just trying to, uh, again, find a balance. And I think we're, we're approaching that time in our lives where the balance turns away from our families and focusing on us and our family. Yep. Right. So, so, so let's say we've got a listener. I mean, Let's, let's imagine we have listeners for a minute and let's suppose that, that, that one of them is either um, engaged and about to get married or is newly married and is, and is looking at navigating all this. Like, how would you like, what advice would you like give him for like setting things up at the beginning to like flourish going forward? Like, yeah, what? you, you gotta have that conversation. Um, I remember yeah. we had the conversation marriage counseling uh, before we got married is what will the holidays look like? And we both kind of had the same answer. Like we have our traditions and we want to stick with it. And that's been fine for seven years, but with our own kids now, I think it's, it's at that tipping point where it's time to start thinning things out, focusing on our own family and uh, focusing on ourselves um, yeah. and our time and a little bit less on pleasing everybody, the aunts and the uncles and the cousins. And there comes a point where that, that blood relationship's just a little too far out there to warrant the trip and the time and the energy and the effort and the money and the food and the calories and the waistline and everything like that. That's good. It's good. Kevin, you got anything you would add to what you would say to like the, you know, person just navigating this for the first time? Well, it's difficult. And, you know, Matt, you and I, we don't go through this because we don't live near family. Yes. That's called wisdom, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just kind of called how how life has worked itself out that neither of us live near really any family. I mean, my closest family, I have a sister an hour away, but parents are all six. My parents are six hours away. uh, And my in-laws are, you know, at least a day's drive away. So we're just not near family. So that's not really an issue for us in terms of you know, going to five different places on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And we've had to navigate it in terms of um, you know, when my brother first got married, it was, we had to figure out the holidays and we just decided to kind of alternate Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? So one year it was she and family Thanksgiving and in-laws Christmas. And then it would, it would reverse the following year. And probably about 10 years ago, we stopped doing Christmas just because of the hassle of trying to drive in all my siblings from four or five different states. Uh, we're on the East coast. So four or five different states. It's like four or five different counties. That's like two counties, like, wow. that's like two counties here. Yeah. That's a lot of driving. Um, yeah. But it, you know, it's just, just a hassle and all my siblings were having kids and, and it just, it just got to be a lot. Uh, so we stopped doing it at Christmas and said, get together, you know, one year on Thanksgiving and the other year during the summer, just sometime, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere. And that's worked pretty well for us, but you know, we don't have to really navigate the kind of like the day of family mm-hmm. stuff just because, we're not really nearby family. Right. And I think what you said about alternating, you know, the in-laws and then your parents, I think that's, that's fairly traditional. I think a lot of people find themselves doing that. Right. Uh, And I know that in my family, there's confusion of like, wait, whose house did we go to last year? I don't remember. Were we at their house? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So let's go to the the other house this year. And then the uh, people are like, wait, you weren't here last year. You start a Google doc is what you do. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right Spreadsheet. Yeah. Everything in a spreadsheet. Yep. Um, and I think 
I don't know. Don't get me wrong. Being around all the family is a blessing, but I think that's one of the biggest stressors this time of year is what are we doing? Where are we going? Where are we going to focus our energies? Right. Right. And it, and it can really take time and attention away from other things that are important, especially right. because one, like one of the great, um, I think, as we talked about last week, that family's the most important thing is often the message of Christmas, like, like what that's what Christmas is about. And the fact yeah. is, is we'll get to this in a little bit, but that's not what Christian Christmas is about. Um, it's one of the blessings of Christmas, but it's not the main point. And so I think we've talked well about, you know, the family and the pressures there, but another potential pressure uh, during the holidays and really always, but maybe especially during the holidays, particularly if you're like in a retail business or something is uh, work and balancing that and the pressures there. So Rob, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Well, uh, I, I don't have the, the retail experience. Uh, both my parents worked retail for a while, so I can kind of speak to it as a kid. Uh, I can tell you it's brutal. I did it. In it's brutal. School. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, my mom and dad, uh, they both met actually at the local Payless uh, drugstore here in town and worked for them for years. And they bounced us around from here to there. And then my dad eventually went to Office Depot and mom stayed at Rite Aid at that point. And just the different hours. Uh, I know as a kid, it, it was never knowing this time of year, what hours your parents are working. You know, are you going to be throwing a Totino's pizza in the oven for dinner tonight? Or is mom going to be home to cook dinner? I don't know. For me at, at this point, uh, my wife is a teacher, um, <laughs> which I which right it's, now it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. But you, you get Christmas break. I mean, yeah. that is cool. You get two weeks <laughs> off. But you know, for my job as a funeral director, the phone doesn't stop ringing. Death doesn't take a break. Um, it doesn't matter what we have on our schedule. It doesn't matter where we are, who we're with. If somebody dies, our phone rings, we get in the rig and we leave. Yeah. And I, you know, it definitely takes a toll on, on myself. And I know my coworkers. Uh, so my dad, he does the same thing I do. And uh, we have another guy named Travis. He does it too. Um, it's his first year. So Travis is kind of you know, getting thrown into the fire this year with how busy we've been. Um, it just draws you away from everything. And you know, it's nice to have that additional paycheck, but. You know, maybe using the term thrown into the fire when you own a crematorium <laughs> is not uh, a good. I mean, right. yeah, poor Travis. He's, he, Travis is fine, everybody. Don't panic. But Travis is fine. He's fine. Yeah. He is our crematory <laughs> operator. He's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so you, you kind of see what I mean, though. Like, you don't know yeah. when the phone's going to ring. It could be um, an old person who died on hospice care. It's been coming for a long time. It could be. Um, a suicide, a car accident, a newborn baby, fetal demise. You don't know what you're going to get and whatever that is can completely change your day. So uh, I would say just for the people who work is an issue at this time of year, I would say taking time to uh, pause, even if it's just a few minutes um, to take care of yourself is important. Amen. Yeah. Um, you know, that time maybe in the morning when it's just you or maybe it's the evening, whatever it is for you. Um, I think taking time to do that and center yourself around the thing that's most important mm. is important because what, what, what often happens is what's urgent replaces what's really important. And that can especially happen with our work lives. And so I just think taking that time to pause and uh, center yourself is, is important. Well, I was just thinking, you know, my, my mother-in-law worked retail for years, which is kind of why we stopped going out there for Thanksgiving because she always had to leave at like two in the afternoon because of Black mm -hmm. Friday, but like on Thanksgiving, you know, and then the holiday season was always, was always very busy for her. And then, you know, I worked several years for UPS and for all the delivery drivers right now, they're yeah. working 60, 70 hour weeks, mm -hmm. um, late into the night, 
you know, so I basically mid November, I just tell my wife, well, see you at Christmas. Uh, <laughs> and it was, it was just kind of almost like going to survival mode for a while. Like you're just exhausted all the time. So it's, it's a difficult time of year for a lot of people just in terms of their workload increases so much. And for yeah. a lot of retail that extends really past new year's because right after Christmas, you have all the returns and all the gifts, are, you know, gift cards being redeemed and everything. So yeah. and she stays busy kind of all the way through new year's. So it's a difficult time of year. And so I, you know, I agree with you, Matt. I mean, there has to be, you have to, you have to do something to take care of yourself emotionally, spiritually, relationally, otherwise, uh, whether it's just finding a small amount of time sometime in the morning or evening, whenever, whenever you can. And then, you know, I work for UPS. I did have Sundays off. Um, mm -hmm. So that was tr truly a day of rest. Probably unlike any other season of my life, that was truly a, a day of rest. Yeah, my wife's my wife's dad was a UPS driver for years, so she knows what that's like. Absolutely. And for us, it's it's um, our times definitely in the evenings, specifically after the kids go to bed. We can watch whatever we want on the TV and just hang out, and it's nice. And that's that's where I think we get grounded uh, this time of year because we'll uh, we'll have the house lit just by the Christmas tree lights. We have the Christmas tree in the living room, and uh, the kids are in bed. We turn off all the other lights, and we sit on the couch and eat peppermint bark and watch Christmas movies. And that's, that's our time. Awesome. So we, as we've seen family uh, obligations can distract us from what's really important work as because it's urgent can replace what's important. And then of course uh, the church calendar can get really full uh, during the Christmas season. So Kevin, why don't you kick us off with that one? Like just balancing that. Personally, for pastors, obviously, it gets to be really busy, too. It obviously merges into the work yeah. uh, bullet point from above. But yeah. there's just a lot to prepare for. There's, you know, there, there's still, uh, still a sermon to be preached every Sunday, plus Christmas Eve stuff. Plus, you have, you know, you know New Year's and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of eats into um, prep time. And, you know, there's more, it's more services than there are Sundays. My counseling load doubles every December. Hmm. like it like it legit doubles every december i mean in this particular time i've got just really crazy stuff happening with just yeah some so people are struggling and yeah. so um but yeah that all of that's true yeah and i think our church you know just speaking for ourselves here at rpc i think we we generally do a pretty good job of not just trying to fill people's calendars with events now this year of course is different this year the calendar is pretty empty just because of covid where we would have a few, you know, events on the calendar for December that are sort of Christmas related. Um, but in general, I think we do a pretty decent job of not just making people feel obligated to to do every last Christmas right. or church church event just because. And we know people have their own stuff going on, everything we've talked about so far. Everyone's busy this time of year, so we try not to kind of burden them with this more activities. Yeah. Yeah, I think our church too, we don't, I mean, maybe Rob can speak to this because he's been here longer, but we don't like generally have a really full calendar. We have like a Christmas party that usually happens that this year we're forgoing that for obvious reasons. And uh, we traditionally have a Christmas Eve service, although this year that's going to look different. I'm just going to do something from my living room like I did on Good Friday, because I just think having extra gatherings right now is just not a good, um, it's not just a, it's not a wise thing. Um, for me, it's less than I'm concerned about like people filling up their calendars with 
uh, church life as uh, as it is. I want them to think missionally about the Christmas season and church life. A few, a few. I think last year, maybe it was a year before my first Christmas here. I did a ser- sermon series called "Regifting Christmas," and kind of the idea was was that like Christmas is meant to be given away. So a lot of those events can be opportunities for you to involve your friends and neighbors with an opportunity to hear the story of Christmas. And so I think where appropriate or where God's calling you to, I think those things can be opportunities um, if you let them. The, the, the Christmas season in Christ are meant to be given away. And sometimes we get so focused on, you know, the shopping or the family activities that we're talking about that we forget that this can really be a strategic time that maybe God wants to use. Like your, your neighbors are going to be open to talking in a way that they're not during the rest of the year. So I would just say, it's not about how much church activity you do. I think it's, are you thinking missionally about that? Uh, Rob, you got anything you want to add on this section? No, I like what you, what you said about thinking missionally. And I think that's what a lot of people miss about the season. The consumerism has overtaken us so much to that. It's all about the shopping and the buying and the, the movies and the, like you guys discussed last week, the secular traditions that we lose sight of what Christmas is from a non-pastor standpoint. Obviously this is your guys's busy time of year and there's the pressure on you from your congregations to perform. I think this time of year that there is other time of year. Am I wrong? I mean, people expect you to bring your a game this time of year, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think my particular church is really gracious about that stuff. So I don't necessarily Hmm. Um, think about that. Um, but in years past, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So growing up, we, I wasn't, I didn't grow up in a church going family and that probably affected my standpoint on this. And this is probably not what you guys want to hear, but I don't like going to church on Christmas or Easter. Cause that's when everybody that doesn't normally go goes. It's kind of, it, it defeats the purpose to me. Obviously Christmas time, we're all, I, we recognize the reason for the seasons, the birth of Christ. And we acknowledge that and we participate in that. Um, and we do our best to teach our kids that, but for church activities, when it comes to going to a service, obviously this year, we don't have to worry about it, but that's never been on our list. Uh, partially because of the way we were raised and partially because that's when the church is crowded and it's loud and you have to sit next to people you don't know. Um, so yeah. So maybe don't follow Rob's example. Don't follow my example. Exactly. <laughs> but, 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 uh, you know, think missionally, but, but, you know, I, I hear right. that. Well, there, there's, an, that I mean, way. like the, the, the Easter and Christmas yeah. or Christmas Eve services are, are different than any other services throughout the year right. because of the influx yeah. of visitors and, and whatever, mm-hmm. um, which is, <laughs> which is, I mean, it lends it a different air, right? The atmosphere yeah. is yeah. different, whether you have people in town because, you know, they're, visiting family or home for the holidays or, or yeah. whatever it is. Um, it is just a different feeling um, than any other service. Now with Easter service, it always kind of falls basically at the same time as the regular Sunday service in terms of Sunday morning, nine 30 or whatever, but Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve services of course are just different because they're a different time of day. It's in the evening, right. uh, at least yeah. the way that we've done it. And if Christmas Eve, unless it falls on a Sunday, it's not on a Sunday. And so it's just, it just feels really different and other than any right. other kind yeah. of worship service that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, mean, I, so I grew up, you know, I grew up going uh, to Catholic church and I remember going to like midnight mass 
I always thought that was the strangest thing. My grandma would always go to midnight mass. I thought, why the heck are you going to church yeah. at midnight? Well, we didn't always, I remember going on Christmas day itself. And I hated that as a, especially mm. as a kid, I was just like, you just, oh, yeah. you, it's Christmas. You'll wake up. You just want to tear into presents and have to get dressed and not only go to church, but get dressed up. I have to wear a tie yeah. and stuff. <laughs> it's just like, I just hate it. I think my parents finally just gave up and said, all right, we'll just go Christmas Eve. But I actually kind of liked the midnight service just because it was, I don't know what the word is, sort of a transcendent glow to it or something. Like it's just kind of otherworldly as it is, just because you're yeah. up late and, you know, being in like a, especially we had a very traditional kind of church building. It was, you know, almost like haunting. Um, mm. And I still enjoy going to, well, so when I was an adult and I lived in like Matt, you know, Woodstock, Vermont, old congregational yeah. church on the green in Woodstock, Vermont. I forget what time, but it was, you know, well after dark, kind of a late service. And yeah, it was just sort of this beauty to it that was, you know, just very kind of otherworldly almost. Yeah. And, and yeah. I always kind of liked that. Uh, it, it was a little bit weird just because it wasn't like the usual sort of Sunday crowd. Yeah. Um, and especially at that point in my life, being a, an adult, being unmarried, being single, it was, there was a little bit of kind of feeling left out, I think. Everyone else was surrounded by like friends and family who would come into town, and I was kind of like, Well, I go back to my apartment by myself. <laughs> but in some ways, I kind of I think being single, you know, talk about like all the family obligations, I didn't have any. I didn't get married till I was 35, so I spent a lot of Christmases alone starting when I was 20. In some ways, that probably was good for me and that it, it, it kind of forced me to focus on things other than family stuff because <laughs> I didn't have any. So, I mean, this is off topic, but like the whole thing about Easter services and Christmas services being feeling different, just like philosophically for me and Rob can speak to whether or not I succeed. I try and have them be as normal as possible because I don't want to do the bait and switch thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want people who are there to be like, oh, I mean, then they come back on a regular Sunday Sunday, and they're like, what happened? Right. I mean, no, you do you do a good job I mean, of keeping things as normal as possible. Definitely. I mean, I mean, we we might like have an extra song. Of course, the place is decorated, um, mm. and we force our worship leader to play Christmas music, even though he hates it. He um, hates but, it. but but <laughs> but 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 that's not true. But well, it's not a hundred percent true. Um, but he but I try and not like make especially at Easter. I try not to have it be this huge big deal, mm. um, because I feel like that's bait and switchy. And so yeah. I just try and do what I always do. I'm proclaiming the gospel like I always do. I'm, mm -hmm. you know, and so I, I work hard to not, to not do that. It's not to say they're yeah. not special. I mean, I because mm -hmm. they are special, but I try not to be so over the top different that it feels like a bait and switch. Mm. And I think yeah. that strategy is probably best for what the congregation as a whole, yeah. for, for our town, yeah. especially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny that you mentioned uh, Nate hating to play Christmas music. My wife was just saying that that's one of the things she's going to miss most this year is being able to sing the Christmas songs in church. She was just yeah. telling me that the other day. Well, he played them yesterday and uh, you know, it was uh, you can go on and listen and sing along, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, uh, he did a few. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So moving on from church activities, there's, then there's just a seasonal busyness, right? There's all the shopping you have to do. There's, you know, in other years maybe there's office christmas parties and what have you that can crowd things out so so what's dealing um with that like do you guys have thoughts on that it's busy yeah i think this year more than others uh i started early and i'm keeping a lot of it on amazon 
because uh, yeah. nobody wants to deal with that right now. So that's kind of yeah. nice. My office Christmas parties are always kind of odd because it's a family business and we hang out with each other every day and there's like five of us. So yeah. they still have the office Christmas party. It was always kind of that awkward like, well, hey, again. Yeah. Just saw you an hour ago. So, Can I leave now? <laughs> so I, I have one other person who works here with me and she and I exchange gifts and, you know, have a good time, but we don't have a, <laughs> you know, office Christmas party to speak of, but right. I do have, we do do like an elders dinner some years, like, but it is true that there can, like this sort of ties into the work thing that part of the busyness of work is just, there's these kind of work obligations. If you work for a company that has that, and especially if you're introverted, like that can cost a lot in terms of time and energy and focus mm-hmm. for sure. Kevin, what do you got? And we, we like to enjoy different things. Christmas time. And we have a group of friends that we always kind of do an ugly Christmas sweater party with and we did a neighborhood Christmas party last year. We did one or one or two Christmas parties just with church people. And um, we enjoy doing all of that. We're not doing any of that this year. So I'm um, this year sort of reinventing things. And, and in some ways this year might be a good opportunity to rethink some things too. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm curious if, you know, one of the um, unintended consequences of this whole, COVID thing is that we get to the end of the year and realize, you know, all the stuff that uh, we had to cancel and do without, actually, I could do without, you know what I mean? And, and kind of realize, actually, it was actually kind of nice to not be super crazy busy and not have 8 billion things on the calendar to do. And um, I mean, yes, we'll certainly miss some of that and we'll be glad to, you know, re-engage some of that. But on the other hand, it's like, you know, we weren't super stressed out and busy and exhausted on December 26th. So that might be a win. <laughs> yeah, so, it's, it's I, I, interesting that you bring that up because I, I was thinking about that listening to your podcast last week. If ever there's a time to reinvent or rethink your Christmas traditions, this year's the year to do it. Right. Well, maybe that's a, maybe that's a place to take a little break, grab some eggnog and hot chocolate. And Rob, what do you do when you listen to our podcast? I'm usually at work. Um, I'll reserve it to a time when I know I don't have any families that are supposed to come in. I'm just doing, you know, busy work at the computer so I can kind of listen with one ear and type with the other. And cup of coffee. What's your drink of choice for podcast listening? Uh, drink of choice at work is just a cup of black coffee. Okay. Nothing spiffy. <laughs> cup of he does. Get, he does get, enjoy the, the pumpkin. He does enjoy the pumpkin spice latte, though. I I'm he, very a basic he, yes I pumpkin spice but now we're on to peppermint season don't you know so darn tootin' all yeah. right well go get a peppermint coffee <laughs> or whatever however that works yeah. and we'll see you in thirty seconds we are back we hope you have enjoyed your thirty second swig of peppermint mocha pumpkin coffee or whatever the heck you're drinking these days. We are back. It is Matt and Kevin. We're still talking church. And we have a special guest with us, Rob Gardner, who is helping us to talk church because we need all the help we can get. Let's just be honest. So we this is it's almost like a part two from last week where we're talking about Christmas traditions. And Matt and I probably came across as grumpy old grinchy men. We'd like to go on the record to say that we're not always grumpy old grinchy men, just sometimes when we get animated. But the real reason, uh, perhaps, um, last week for for some of those riffs were not because we don't like Christmas traditions. Heck, I watched Die Hard yesterday. Matt, you'd be proud of me. There you go, Buzz. That's what we do in December. We like Christmas traditions. (laughs) 
But the thing is, is that they pale in comparison to the incarnation, right? So it's not just a matter of like tradition's bad. It's no, uh, the incarnation is, is so much greater than any sort of man-made, you know, sort of Christmassy uh, notion or tradition or magic or whatever, that we don't want to distract ourselves from the wonder and the glory of God coming to earth taking on human flesh for our sake. That is just an incredible reality uh, that we too often get distracted from because of all the other traditions that crop up and tend to crowd them out. It reminds me, I know this isn't really the same thing, but it reminds me of the parable of the soils and the soil that falls on thorny ground. It just chokes out and it prevents us from being fruitful. Yeah. Again, I know that's kind of a different application point there, but you know, lest we, lest we get choked out by even some good traditions and lose sight of the great wondrous reality of the incarnation, we need to make sure that traditions are kind of held in their proper place. So kind of with that being said, we want to turn in the second half of the podcast and talk about things that we can do to kind of proactively keep the incarnation and Christ's coming and uh, uh, central to our lives and uh, especially to those of us that have families, uh, how do we keep that central and the main focus uh, while at the same time enjoying all the other, you know, Christmas goodies, um, but keeping Jesus uh, our central focus this time of year? Yeah, uh, if I you- could, if, yeah, if I could start off, you know, I, um, I've got two little girls now, uh, it'll be one of them's first Christmas. Uh, but with my oldest, Abby, she's going on five. I think that the, uh, the way in which we instill the meaning of Christmas and the story of Jesus into her kind of came about by accident. Um, we had her baby shower before she was born in uh, mid-December, and it was a book baby shower. We didn't want presents. We just wanted books. And so literally half the books she got were Christmas books and Jesus books and um, the story of Jesus' birth books. And so come December this time of year, that's all I read to her before I go to bed is I grab the old books, the old board books, the baby books, old Christmas books, and that's what I read to her. So that's uh, one way, and you know, she gets it. And the other way is uh, her great-grandmother, my grandma, um, is a nativity scene aficionado. Um, I think my grandma June, I th- we counted last Christmas, and I think there's 22 or 23, maybe more, 25, nativity sets throughout the house once the house is fully decorated wow and abby loves going around and looking at all of her Gigi's nativity scenes she calls them activity scenes um, <laughs> i like and it so so she loves those and she knows all the different characters and she names the animals and that you know my grand my grandmother's love of nativities passed on to her and you know so mm. she knows exactly what christmas is about again purely by accident with those two reasons and it's great right and one of the great things about nativity scenes is that it helps to helps us helps to remind us that the birth of jesus happened in real time and space you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like like it's not just sort of some philosophical ideal it's it's like no there were like sheep i mean forget trying to figure out like the exact historicity of everything but it's like no there was there's actual Mary, an actual Joseph, an actual angel, you know, there are probably sheep and goats and whatever else goes into the nativity and just sort of grounds it as like a real life historical thing. 
And I, and I love it that kids can get into the, the nativities or activity scenes and, right. uh, and kind of, it's sort of a hands-on thing. You know what I mean? I'll be calling it an activity scene from now on. You're welcome. Right. Like, <laughs> like from, from this day forward, it shall be called anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so one of the things I'm, I think a lot of families, especially around here do um, is drive around and look at Christmas lights. And whenever we do that, have Christmas music going and she sees her activity scenes and gets super excited. And there's Jesus. And she calls Joseph Jophus. There's Jesus and Jophus. And um, she named most of her animals. Um, have you guys seen the star? Yes. It's an animated uh, DreamWorks yeah. film. Really good. She named, she named all the animals from that movie. And it's a, it's a great movie. Yeah. Probably historically completely inaccurate, but nonetheless, a, a good movie. So. Wait, so the donkey didn't talk and no, anyway, uh, the donkey's name was Bo, don't you know? Yeah, Bo, short for Boaz, yep. Exactly. And again, that was one of those things that happened purely by happenstance, but I'm grateful that it did. Yeah. Because uh, I certainly assume that the same will take effect for Emmy when she gets to that age. Yeah. So, like, we intentionally uh, will read the story. Um, we'll, we'll read from Luke 2 on, a, you know, often Christmas Eve, but sometimes at some other point. Because I want uh, Katie, to my daughter, who's 13, going on, you know, 25. She thinks she should have an equal say in everything. Anyway, um, it, it, just the repetition of hearing that story again and again and again. And we'll talk about the meaning of the story. Or, or we'll read different parts of the story. We'll read about, you know, uh, Hannah and Simeon when he's presented in the temple. And what does that mean? And what's happening here? Um, the flight to Egypt and why that matters. Or even just how uh, everything that happened, whether it was for Joseph and what his like dreams and vision for his life was going to be, or Mary, what her dreams and what her vision for her life was going to be, gets interrupted by the incarnation. Mm -hmm. The incarnation is disruptive, and that's and so it should disrupt us as well. And so we we were intentional to talk about some of those things. I think allowing uh, the incarnation to disrupt all of those other traditions. Um, is true to what the story was. It's God breaking in and turning things upside down. And so I think making space and room uh, for you to be turned upside down and for your note and for, and for your plans and desires for the season to be disrupted by um, Christ come. So I think mm -hmm. doing that in intentional ways, we're not going to participate in these things because we're going to take this moment to allow ourselves to be disrupted I think I think that's we're intentional about those things as well. I think it's one of the beauties of having different seasons. And yeah, you know, I think I riffed on this last week, my old man moment talking about the calendar and and it kind of forces us into certain disciplines. I mean, I like how you said that, like it it disrupts us and and having seasons that we follow, uh, it forces us to disrupt our whatever our ordinary routine is so that our focus might change for a time. I mean, that's the whole idea behind the Sabbath, right? Yeah. You take one day and seven and you disrupt <laughs> the rest of your ordinary life. So, so that you might rest, so that you might focus on worship, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, so in the same way, I, I, I like that there's a disruption to normal life. Yeah. Um, it's a discipline yes. to, to start it at a certain time. It's also a discipline to end it at a certain time. Yeah, um, we we literally rearrange our living room, furniture wise, just because just because of the way our room is set up and the way the tree has to fit in a certain spot or whatever. Right. But I like how it's it's sort of like indicative or symbolic of um, what the season should be doing is that we 
we rearrange things so that we can have a different focus for a time. Yeah. So I think um, in terms of thinking through like the balancing of Christmas traditions and not distracting from Jesus, I think a good way to evaluate like the traditions you're participating in, whether it's decorating the tree or uh, caroling or whatever your thing is, is I, I think you ask yourself, is this a pointer towards the true Christmas story? And is it stirring up affection for Jesus in my heart? Or is it a distraction to those things? And, and, and that's how, and that's how, you know, if it's like misordered, because even good things like decorating your Christmas tree is awesome. But, but if it's more important than the other things, then that's when it becomes a problem. So I think a good, just sort of diagnostic question to ask yourself is if I'm doing word association with my kid about Christmas, what, what's first, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, you know, my kids are six and three, two boys. And so we, we set the whole house up. We decorate the whole house the day after Thanksgiving. It's kind of mm -hmm. become one of our traditions, I guess. Yeah. And, we, you know, we get everything all set up and get the old tree decorated and all that stuff. And my three-year-old kind of steps back and looks at it and says, well, wait a minute. We forgot the presents. <laughs> as, <laughs> as if the, the decorations are incomplete because, yeah. wait a minute, there's supposed to be presents here, you know? And it's kind of, which is just funny because like our older child, he didn't even dawn on him about, he didn't connect Christmas to presents until he was like five. Um, he just didn't, whatever. But our three-year-old's totally up on the presents thing. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting moment. Uh, you know, obviously we're not beating ourselves up too much over it. Like, oh, parenting fail. But, and it was more cute than anything. But, yeah. but in terms of a word association, you know, he just, he's at the point where Christmas is presents. So there's some work to be done on our end, I suppose, to uh, try yeah. to break that association to some extent. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Good luck. <laughs> if, if you're looking for if you're looking for a new holiday film, um, the Sheehan Boys Save Christmas is an excellent little piece of eight minute awesomeness of Kevin's boys running around in costumes, fighting the coronavirus and saving Christmas. So <laughs> I saw you post that on Facebook the other day. I haven't yeah. had a chance to watch it yet, but it's, I'm definitely going to. It's eight minutes of awesome. So excellent. So listeners, half of it is my voices running around town <laughs> in their, in their incredibles costumes that they got for Halloween. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. But it's cute. It's awesome. So as you are trimming the tree or sipping your eggnog or having uh, your peppermint mocha this holiday season, um, we hope that you're able uh, to keep uh, the main thing, the main thing uh, that a uh, really what the incarnation is about is that for the first time since the garden, God walks among men. And that's a giant deal that he uh, becomes like us, that we might be made like him. And so our prayer for you this holiday season is that that would be uh, first. And all of those other things are good too. Like let's, let's yes and amen to caroling. Yes. And amen to hot chocolate. Yes. And amen uh, to all of it. Um, but let's let's participate in things that stir up our affections for Jesus. Amen. Thanks. Thanks for Rob for being on the podcast today. It's been great having you. Yeah. We've enjoyed it. Thanks for thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate yep. it. Don't know if I helped anybody, but hey. Oh, I think you did. Uh, you, you, we're definitely going to have you back on. Maybe we'll have you and we'll have Cece on. And she'll shoot straight, man. It'll yeah, be good. she does. Yeah. All right. Well, you have been listening to Matt and Kevin talk church, and Rob's been talking church too. And so uh, thanks to him. 
Um, we hope that what you heard has been edifying and helpful to you. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or emotional outbursts, uh, you can email us. At can Matt we direct Kevin. those to Rob? Uh, you know what? Um, I, I suppose we could. Heck yeah. Rob Gardner <laughs> at gmail.com. Anyway. Uh, Matt and Kevin talk church at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter um, M- at MKTC. Also, if you have enjoyed this or it's been helpful to you, we'd really appreciate it. If you would maybe share it on social media or give us a review on iTunes so that you can help other people find us. And so with that being said, I'm Matt. And I'm Kevin. And I'm Rob. And we've been talking church and balancing all of our seasonal obligations with focusing on the true meaning of Christmas. Be warm and be fed. And so with that being said, I'm Matt. And I'm Kevin. And he's Rob. And we've been talking church and... (laughs) I'm sorry. I forgot forgot (laughs) to change this. I always forget that. Yeah. Uh... Oh, Let's boy. try it again. Try again. All right. <laughs> um, so, with that being said, I, uh, uh, <laughs> with that being said, I'm Matt, and I'm Kevin, and he's Rob. And I'm Rob. Yep. <laughs> All right. We, <laughs> All right. We last, to, let's, let's coordinate ourselves here. All right. Yeah, let's try good. again. Right. And so, with that being said, this is a bad joke. How many pastors does it take <laughs> to get the ending of a podcast right? <laughs> At least two. Now, now you're going to listen to this and it's going to be like this edited so it's nice and smooth and you'd be like but i know right. better yeah i know, right. I know these idiots take three tries <laughs> to get this <laughs> ending right <laughs>